You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. It's Monday, so it's time for Shapiro World. David Shapiro is the Deputy Chairman of Sassman Securities in Johannesburg. And David, you know, people say I talk too much and people say that um, I'm never lost for words, but I'm lost for words. You're never lost for words. Are you lost for words? <laughs> I, I, I'm lost for words in the sense that uh, the speed at which the markets are dropping is, is, when I say confusing, it's confusing because one can't comprehend why. You know, we can understand, we can go and talk about the virus and the ill effects that it's going to have in the short term. Yes. But I think down the line, uh, it's a virus at the end. And even if, even if this, and I say it in a difficult way, you know, where there might be more deaths than, say, the normal flu, at the end, society is going to come back. You know, we're going to come back. It's not as though we're never going to travel. There's never going to be another English Premier League anymore. Uh, no one's going to go to Disneyland because that's what the market is almost discounting, as though we've been hit by some kind of meteorite that's going to destroy us like the dinosaurs. You know, we're going to become extinct. So there's there's a massive amount of panic uh, in all in all asset classes, I've just seen gold, Lindsay. I mean, you know, we've all believed that gold would provide some protection. It, it, it's just dropping like a stone. Platinum's dropping like a stone. Palladium's dropping like a stone. Oil's dropping like a stone. So uh, we're faced with this complete collapse of, of, of everything, which might be an unwinding of hugely speculative positions. But whatever it is, it's very, very frightening to see the speed at which uh, things happen. Well, it is. So, I mean, I'm looking at the screen now, and I can't believe I'm saying this. The Dow Jones is only down 10%. It was down nearly 13% yeah. just 27 minutes ago. Yeah. This is unbelievable. Look, <laughs> it is unbelievable. It, it's, it's, uh, it just shows you um, where the circuit breakers are not quite happening. And we don't See, see what I'm trying to grasp is I know that we've lost touch of the markets. I've, I might have always said that to you over time, you know, in our talks and saying you know, most of the volumes on the JSE takes place in the last 10 minutes. Mm. You know, more, more trade or a third of the trade takes place in the last 10 minutes in the whole day. So there are forces that, that we've never quite got a grip on. And maybe it's the unwinding of those forces or not understanding them. That is giving, uh, that is leading to to this kind of reaction. When I worked on the floor or worked in a, let's call it a manual type system, you know, where where most of your clients were individuals, not machines or uh, not some kind of big computer. You know, people don't act this way. Before they want to sell, they give you time. Should I sell? Shouldn't I? Okay, sell these shares. You know, sell a bit and then come back with another bit kind of thing. That's the way that one reacts both on the buying side and the selling side. And that's mm. why we never got the kind of movements. You know, 1% move in a day or 2% was massive. Now you're getting in in a half an hour, not even 10 minutes. So so this is not rational thinking. You know, this is not uh, this is this is this is not individuals acting this way. This is just trading systems that we haven't got a grasp of. Okay, uh, let's have a look. You know those markets more than I do. You know, oh, I mean, no, I, I you were in the derivative markets. You were in these kind of markets. You know, I, 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 I struggle to understand uh, who presses the button and who makes money out of it. 
David, there's a whole, we have to have a round table about this. We have to talk to, yeah. you, to young traders. We have to talk to ETF yeah. issuers, that sort of thing. We have to say, why has the market suddenly gone like this? Because as I said to a previous commentator, I said 1987 was a moment in time. The market fell 22% in one day, mm. but then it was all over. It was like taking a plaster yeah. off. You just rip that plaster off and it's all done. But this yeah. has been relentless, merciless, almost spiteful in its uh, severity. It's been horrible over the last three and a half weeks. And today, it's culminating, maybe today is the culmination of it, because we were down 7% on the opening for the S&P and the Dow, which triggered the circuit breaker. I don't know if the circuit breaker is a good or a bad thing. To me, it just drives people to other markets in order to sort of cover yeah, their exposure. Yeah. Um, but anyway, the next one is 13%. If the Dow goes down 13% tonight, then they stop trading again. And it was almost there, but it's recovering now. I mean, recovering, it's down 10%. But I, David, I just don't know. But all I do know is that the world has come to a standstill, even though only maybe 5,000 people have died. It's a lot of people, but it's a tiny, yeah. tiny tiny amount compared to other other deaths. I mean, in South Africa, for example, yeah. 20,000 people are murdered every year. Mm. And we've got 5,000 people dying worldwide. It's just that there's total paralysis. Well, the paralysis is the worry that because it's this virus spreads so fast that people who are ill are going to inundate uh, hospitals in, in major cities, in yes. New York or in the United States, they're going to inundate them, and they will not be able to uh, address this issue. They haven't got enough respirators. They haven't got enough nurses, doctors, you name it, beds, and so on. So what it's doing is exposing the frailty of the health system, you know, of the of the, the Western world or the developed world's health system. Yes. I was I listened to an interview today with uh, two people who've returned from China. Uh, who said that things are a lot more calm there in the way that they respond and uh, in terms of the way that people act. And, um, yes, admittedly, it's a different authority, but there was never a suggestion that during the time of this crisis that people were lining up in streets and falling over dead, you know, you know that kind of thing. Yes, mm. they were isolated and they were in quarantine, but things seem to have got along a lot better than in in uh, Italy or the UK or the US and so on. So I think this is why markets are responding this way. So this, whatever whatever the situation is, it's going to cause, um, I think we're now worried about a credit crunch that uh, you know companies are not going to be able to pay back their debt. And yet when you think about it, it's only maybe the oil companies or some of the hospitality businesses that are really under pressure. You know, most other businesses will cope, and there's plenty of money around. It's not as though it's not as though the banks are under pressure as we saw in 0809. So, so when you try to think about it rationally, it's it's disturbing to to try and work out where this is going. But I can't stop markets. You know, whether I think rationally about it and uh, fool, but there's nothing I can do. This is the way that people are panicking, and this is what's happening. So, you know, we just have to, I don't, I don't want to use the word like suck it up. Okay, you know, fine. And we'll, we'll see where this goes. But it's very, very frightening. And, and I think that if there is a recovery, it's going to be longer. You know, it'll be U-shaped. But uh, there will be some kind of stabilizing of this whole issue and uh, some turnaround. You know, we can't go on at this pace.
<laughs> you know, it's just basically, it's basically meaning that, you know, the, the world is, you know, you've said it, as we know it, is going to end. Okay, let's have a look at some prices, and then we'll talk about the social implications, because you and I, our lives have you been... You don't want to look at prices, Lindsay. Of course I want to look at prices. I mean, they're getting better. The all share's only down 10.5%. The top 40 is only down 10.5%. The resources index is only down 11.5%. The industrial index is only 9.4% weaker. Financial's only down 115 The gold price, The gold index... I mean, it's a mere 18 and three quarters percent weaker. <laughs> Have you ever seen anything like this, David? No, no. no. no of course I you haven't. haven't. I can't. I haven't. You know, I'm saying, uh, and, and I've, I've been here a long time, mm, but I've never seen, I'm just looking at an Impala. You know, these are the shares that led the market up last year. These were the darlings. These are the ones that were winning the prizes, you know, for, I mean, uh, people who had invested in these were t- walking away with, with uh, accolades about how clever they were. Impala down 27%. Today, one. <laughs> 20, 27%. In one day. Sabinia, Sabinia you know, uh, Froderman, uh, the genius. And he is. I credit to him. I'm not, I'm not saying this in a, in a cynical way. I mean, he shares it down 27%. You know, so, so to give you an idea, in fact, Impala is down something like 50%. Uh, since the beginning of the year, it's lost half of its value, and that's that's what we're dealing with. Sabanya down, yeah, similar amount, and so and so we go. So, for the South African saver, and and you know where the sufferers are. No one's a winner here, because um, all the pension funds in the country are exposed to equities, whether it's only at forty five percent whether it's 55%, 65%, depending on asset allocation, yes, that, that they've all been destroyed. And if you've been exposed to property, a similar type of wipeout. If you've been exposed to bonds, you might have been doing okay. But we haven't done okay because our long bond rate is going nowhere. You know, it's, if anything, it's under a lot of pressure because of the pressure of the, of, uh, the economy. So wherever you have, what it's done is just, just taken – People's savings and just absolutely scrunch them. And these, this is the pension. These are people's pensions. Yeah, well, so that, it's no one's winning on this one at all. No, no one's winning at all. And, and when I saw, uh, I caught snatches of Mr. Ramaphosa, our president, uh, talking last night. And when he was talking about these bans, which I suppose these are bans that are in line with international protocol if i can put it that way uh that's absolutely fine but then i the first thing i thought of was city lodge sun international yeah. hospitality yes. industry yes. people the uh, people that are informal workers in cape town for mm. example mm. you walk mm. around and people do service you uh when you yes. when you're a tourist uh, maybe yes. they're slightly below the tax radar who knows but anyway you know what i'm talking about i thought yes, I do. this is a the, the collapse of a hospitality yeah. industry yeah. because of that one speech yeah. last night Yes, it is a, it is a, it's a collapse of that. And where the government should have come out now is that they should have thought about that and said, listen, we're setting up a bank or we set up some form of, um, you know, what, what, what would be some, some agency that's going to cover that. Yes. In other words, if you're, if you're running, if you're a tour operator and you've lost all your business because of that, Someone's got to lend you the money at zero interest or at some kind of favorable terms for you to survive right. and to pay back the money. That's yes. that's and that's where this uh, this is you know this is where globally 
governments have to step in. You know, you can't put you can't put that kind of uh, burden on, say, Sassman Bank or no. First National Bank. You know, they running they running a, a business. This has nothing to do with them. They going to apply all kinds of of uh, risk management tools and that. But government's got to come in and say, okay, this is what we're going to do. And and Lindsay, that's the worry. You know how many waiters. There are, you know, how many, you know, who are going to go to not get tips or not even get a job. And who are freelancers as well. They're not under contract. They are, they just go there and they say, okay, okay, David, okay, Lindsay, we're going to be busy on Friday night. You come in and work and we we go there, you and I. But then now they just say, I'm sorry, we've got no work for you. And the reason we've got no work for you is because we're closed, which is what has happened across Europe, which is extraordinary. So just let me give you an example. I should have been talking in Durban Thursday night, okay? Thursday, I was going to Cape Town the next Thursday. I was doing Joburg. I had four or five seminars planned here. Mm. Uh, Each one of those involves uh, an event organizer, a young lady who works for us who does it. She gets income from organizing that. Nothing phenomenal, just small little business. The caterers involved who would cater for those functions. They're the lighting people, the sound people, you know what I mean? And then also uh, the waiters who serve the breakfast and that. Uh, in other words, the caterers and that. Gone. You know, they've lost an inno- from us. They've lost that business. Now multiply that, you know, to the power of 100 or whatever it is, and you'll know what's, uh, you know, it gives you a very good idea of, 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 of what this means. They're not going to make up that income. They might make it up da- later down the line, you know, a couple of months' time, but they've got to pay rent this month. And they work, a lot of those businesses work from month to month, you know, literally from month to month. They take the money that they get this month in order to get them through the next month. So that's where government has to come in. And there's got to be, I, I didn't hear Emma say anything, but he's got to say, listen, you know, uh, this is who's in charge of this. This is where you must go and also try and give some comfort that these businesses will survive. So I, that's where that's where the big worry is. In the Netherlands, I mean, what I did yesterday, I mean, my um, iPhone charger started to fray a little bit at the edges. So I thought, well, if they're going to close down non-essential shops in the Netherlands, I thought, well, I may, I may as well go out now and buy my new cell phone charger. So I went off to this place called Media Marks uh, on my bicycle and I parked my bike. I went in there. There was a queue of maybe 30 people. I don't know what people were doing. Maybe they were also anticipating the closure of this shop in the next couple of days. Uh, so people were buying stuff, maybe buying stuff to make their lives in self-isolation a little bit more comfortable. I don't yeah. know. But I bought my thing. And then I went out and I thought, as a, as a gesture, I'm going to go to my favorite pub and have my last beer in public uh, for the next uh, few weeks. I went to the pub. It's open all the time. Sunday is a big day in the Netherlands for, um, mm-hmm. you know, imbibing. You know, people, people take Sunday very, very seriously here. And the pub was closed. So I thought, well, I'll go to one near my apartment block, which is just about two uh, k's away. No, that's already closed down. Unheard of. It's normally open until two in the morning. Everywhere was closed, cinemas, etc. And then, of course, so this was three o'clock in the afternoon. And then at six o'clock, the announcement came out that all bars and restaurants in the Netherlands must close immediately. No more public gatherings. So I'm looking out my window now, David, at one of the most busy junctions in the city. There's not a car in sight. There's trams going, but nobody on the trams. It changes the whole social fabric. And I wonder how this will affect people's psyches. 
What do you think? I mean, I'm starting to feel a little bit weird myself. On a Saturday, I'd, I get up and I look forward to football all day. Yeah. Not just yeah. one match, but three or four matches. What do we do on a you Saturday know? now? No, I know. It's affecting me I, mentally. It, 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 and, and believe me, after two weeks of it, you're going to go literally potty. And, you know, you know the worst thing is that particularly elderly people or… Uh, like us, you mean. Um, who, you like, you know, who rely on social contact. Yes. And social contact is very, very important at that age. You know, where you don't have any kind of social contact, um, it is going to have deep psychological effects on people. It really is. Um, you're dead right. And, 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 you know, after a while, yes, you get through, you know, you can say, oh, this is great. And you wake up in the morning because you don't have to go to work. So you go and do a little bit of gym and then you read the newspaper or do whatever you have to do. By 10 o'clock, you're out of your mind. My biggest fear yes. is, is that, that we're being asked to work at home uh, for a short time. We're doing tests and that. And I don't know whether this is going to be permanent or not. Now, I can easily set up at home, but I miss you know, most of my day is going to a colleague and saying, did you see this? Mm. You know, did you see Investex prize or did you see Woolworths prize or did you see this? What's the news? Why is this happening? And it's all that kind of action. Clients come in here, we talk to them, you know, uh, we do presentations to them. So it's all that kind of stuff that keeps the business going. So I'm going to be sitting at home, you know, saying, well, here I am. You know, what do I do? Can <laughs> I tell I you something, that? David? I, I've been working from home now for maybe, actually for three years. And so I understand working at home. It is a very, very difficult transition to make from working in an office. And people must, mustn't underestimate the effect that's going to have on them because you, you have to be disciplined. You get up in the morning, you do your thing, you sit down, you say, this is fantastic, I can watch TV. And then you think after a couple of hours, I'm watching more TV than I do in, in a day than I do normally in a week. And it carries on like that. You have to be so disciplined. And I think that instead of productivity rising, I think productivity will actually fall from people working from home because people are not disciplined. They're used to social interaction. They're used to a routine. They're used to uh, sitting there and having to work. If you're at home, you don't have to work. I'm an ill-disciplined person and my productivity has dropped. I've learned to manage it now, but I can tell you there's a whole army of people out there like you that will not be able to cope with uh, an extended period of working from home because it does affect you psychologically and you've got to be disciplined. What do you think? Do you think that people will automatically adapt or do you think that it will actually in the short and maybe even to the medium term affect productivity? I, I think it will affect productivity. It might not affect productivity if you're a person who's writing a report and sits at home and can put your bum on a seat and, and write, or if you're an accountant and doing the books and records and that, you know, those tasks are nothing more than processing and applying your mind, writing a brief, you know, for mm. advocates and people like that. But we, with us, our business is social interaction. You know, it's interaction with clients. It's interaction with businesses. It's talking to people. That's how we form opinions. You know, that's how you form opinions. I might say something, you come back and tell me something, and I say, yes, actually, Lindsay, you're right. You know, and that's how I, you know, that, 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 that's how you get to uh, um, make the decisions that you make. But I think that from my point of view, what will happen with me is after a week, I'll say, I've had it. I'm going back to the office. I don't <laughs> care. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm done. <laughs> you know what I mean? 
I'm going back to Melrose Arch. I'm going to walk up and down, whatever it is, buy a sandwich. I can't sit there at but, home. But and, you wouldn't, you wouldn't and, survive a moment in Rotterdam then because what happens in Rotterdam at the moment and in France and in Italy and everywhere else is that you say, okay, um, you know what, I'll meet you at uh, 12.30 down at uh, the Dog and Duck or something. Yeah. Yeah. And now you can't. I, I, I keep saying to myself, wait a second, you can't. What am I going to do? I'm mm -hmm. going to meet you on a park bench. I'm going to meet you at your apartment, meet you at your house. Mm -hmm. No, I don't want to see your, your dogs and your, your kids. I want to mm. talk to you about a business, yeah. some business matter. Everything yeah. has yeah. changed and will stay, stay the same or the indifference, uh, the, the different same for many, many weeks. And I don't know what I'm yeah. going to do. No, and the worst is that, you know, one of the, one of the, Outlets that we have uh, are either maybe going to the theatre or alternatively Closed. with us, it's watching a, it's watching the soccer match or watching soccer, sport, cricket, rugby, whatever it is. You know, it, for me, it's it's entertainment and it's light relief. Although not when you watch Arsenal, it's not always light relief. <laughs> but I mean, you know, so, so suddenly I, I was sitting there on the weekend. And lost, you know, not knowing what to do. Yes, I, I draw a lot and I read a lot and everything. But after a while, uh, you know, after a few minutes and that, you start to get bored. You say, well, let's go for a walk. And you go for a walk and you come back and, and uh, you know, you can't pop to the shops or pop to a restaurant or go for breakfast or anything like that. So I think it's going to have uh, some deep psychological effects the longer it lasts. You know, people will, you, you know, you know what everyone is going to say, suck it up, and you know, this is a serious situation, you know, yeah, be a big man, you know, they, you know, they're going to say that to you, and I'm going to have to say, yes, okay, but I'm trying to say that's, that's all very well, until you actually have to live, um, you know, live the weekends or live the days on your own, just walking around and saying, okay, I'm getting, I'm starting to get annoyed. You know, and also, what's worse of it is you, you're in a situation where the news around you is bad. Mm. It's not good news. And that's, that's even more depressing. So it's in times like that you actually need people. You need to talk to people about it and so on. So, well, this is like I, Christmas. This is like Christmas, except uh, w without the presents. Because what happens is at Christmas time, everyone gets together <laughs> for two weeks, and they're all closeted in the same place. And you're with uh, her Aunt Millie and uh, and Uncle Vernon, and all, the, all those people. And you're with your wife and your kids the whole time. You think, please, 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 January the second, come back so I can go back to work. And you do go back to yeah. work. This time you're yeah. not going back to work. And no. so what happens? What is going to happen in in the next uh, year is that it will be more divorce more separations, more incidents of uh, a, a domestic uh, mm. unrest, and also on the other side of things, uh, maybe a spike in births in nine months' time because people are closeted together. Something is mm. going to happen, and we, we mustn't underestimate yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. And I agree with you. I think the longer it lasts, the worse it's going to become. So we just hope that this peaks very, very shortly. Mm. You know, in other words, that your uh, peak infection rate starts to drop, after which people will start to get a little, feel a little better and start to move down. But, you know, even now when you meet people and nobody wants to shake your hand, nobody, everybody wants to keep their distance and everybody is no kissing or hugging or, you know, greetings of that nature, etc. It becomes very, very peculiar and things become very, very odd. Well, know, I, I, and everyone's washing their hands. It's oh my god! Okay, well these these freaky people. But anyway, I do wash my hands occasionally, <laughs> maybe every Saturday <laughs> no, or so. No, but no. Um, 
I live in an apartment block and I'm on the seventh floor. And I just looked at the, uh, the, the announcement in the apartment. It's a Dutch apartment and it's in two languages, actually three languages. And it says, just outside the lift, it says, if there's someone in the lift, wait for the next one. And if you, are, if you have to get the lift and there's someone in there, turn your back on them. I thought, what on earth is going on yeah, here? Isn't that absurd? It is, I know. And they're telling you how to and shop look, as well. These, this is, well, they're trying to flatten the curve, and, and we've all got to play along so that they flatten that curve, so that if there are going to be infections, it's delayed over a long period rather than, uh, you know, rather than the spike so that the hospitals can cope. I'm, I'm doing it, you know. I'm, I'm, we're talking about the personal effect on me. Mm. I will behave myself because I I want to be a good citizen. I really do. I'm not going to go against their wishes. But, uh, you know, we're talking about the kind of effect that it's going to have on us mm. just sitting at, you know, certainly on me, just sitting at home there and saying, okay, I just look at all this red on the screen and say, okay, go read something. And I read another article on the coronavirus or I read another bearish report or I need it. And eventually you say, oh, my God, you know, this is driving me batty. You know, and, 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 yeah. You know, um, David, and then this is, what can I do? Not much, actually. Uh, David, no. this, this is a market show. Let's have a, a talk about yeah. the uh, Investec yeah. listing yeah. today. Obviously, Investec PLC and Limited down because of the demerger and everything. But um, I, I'm, I'm sort of proud of them in a, in a way. I'm, I'm quite closely associated with them. But they went ahead with it. And, um, you know, they've... they've obviously suffered the consequences it would have been a better day to list but um yeah away they go and i hope it goes well, well for them yeah. they couldn't stop the process you know i mean they couldn't stop the process they had to let the process go and uh in the long run it's going to make not one iota of a difference to them whether they listed now next week or pulled it right the only thing they did sensibly was they didn't issue shares Right. So uh, this is nothing more than if you had one of one. If you had one investic, you're going to get one. Uh, what's it? Ninety one. Um, yes, ninety one. So it is ninety one. So it doesn't make any difference. The process is done. The paperwork's done, and they can go ahead and uh, run the business now. So it's nothing more than bookkeeping from their point of view. Um, so good luck to them. I think they're uh, they're a team. Hendricks done very very well. And uh, you know, over the years since he was since he since he started in 1990, 1991, um, and and it's up to them now. In fact, I think they probably couldn't have started a better position because if they can, if they can, as this turnaround comes or as things happen now, this is where they can make a very good name for themselves. I hope so. I mean, just looking at yeah. other, other things, I've just seen this announcement today. South Africa's Taste Holdings is in the process of placing its food businesses into voluntary liquidation after a failed attempt to offload Domino's Pizza. I mean, Domino's Pizza is massive worldwide. Taste's oh. move to liquidate the business comes after South Africa entered into recession in two years in the final quarter of, no, of, of no. last year. I think that's an excuse, and I, don't, I, I think it that's a little bit distasteful. It will see 770 yeah. employees lose their jobs. 55 stores have closed. That's unbelievable. Yeah. That's bad yeah. management, not the recession. Yeah, totally, totally, totally. This was heading that way for a long time. And uh, the present management should never have got involved. Uh, the youngster in charge thought he was a Buffett uh, uh, lookalike or a younger Buffett, wanted to try and use what Buffett had done to build his company and uh, looked for value investments. And uh, this was this was just crazy. 
I mean, you know, I've, uh, again, um, one doesn't want to be personally critical, but, um, you know, it, it's, it's got nothing to do with the recession. This was heading this way yes. long before, uh, you know, long before South Africa started to, South African consumers came under pressure. Um, you know, it's also an area of the market that's been kind of uh, oversaturated. Um, at one stage, you couldn't go wrong if you bought in Burger King or you had McDonald's, whatever it is. Uh, only a few have survived. McDonald's probably just simply because they're such a huge organization. And a lot of, and a lot of other companies have survived. I just looked at famous brands today who took, a, a, I think, a, like a 25% knock. <laughs> I'm just checking out where they were as well. So um, I think also on the worry that the consumer is going to be under pressure and no one's going to go out. <laughs> you know, that's that's a problem. And no one's going to go out even at a even to stop by one of the uh, restaurants of, of famous brands and buy something. So I see, you know, that's the kind of um, this is this is the kind of fallout that we're going to get from uh, from what's happening at the moment. Hospitality. I'm trying to look for famous bands. They were here on my list somewhere along the line. Hi. Just give me a couple of share prices that have really caught yeah. your eye today, because everything is obviously eye-poppingly down. Bands. But what, what, what have you what, what have you seen outside of the I top think, forty? You know, I think what's concerning me is, has been, uh, as we mentioned earlier on, uh, was hospitality, but also the the uh, precious metal companies. You know, the stocks that have just been almost, you know, have been pummeled and beaten and bruised. Impala, Sabanya, Northern, all of those in the region of about 37%. Another one is Stadio, which is fallen 26% today. You know, Stadio is, is came out of Curo, is now has a market cap of 800-odd million, which has absolutely collapsed. It's uh, you know down 50% over the last three months. So City Lot, you mentioned that. Down yes. 21%. Mm. Uh, a lot of the other businesses. Here's an interesting one is, is transaction capital. You know, this has been a darling of a share. Um, the, the proprietors sold out not too long ago at considerably higher level. But um, transaction capital has been one of the big winners over the last year. This They, they finance taxis. Um, they've lost 18% today. And over the last year, Having been a, a top performer, um, is down now 22%. Over the last, since the beginning of the year, down 33%. So it gives you an idea of just how companies that were perceived to be value have just been chucked out. I can go on. You know, there, there's, there's prices here that, that, that are absolutely scary for one day's trade. You know, I don't think, that, I don't think the index, which is down 8%, necessarily reflects uh, some of the kind of the, you know the moves that we're seeing now, and a large to a large degree, the rand has weakened quite significantly, and that's given some kind of support at the top end of the market. And the S and P only down seven and a half percent at the moment. I mean, I can't believe I'm saying only down seven and a half percent, but it was down nearly thirteen yeah. percent at one stage. Mm. Um, but uh, you can you can bet your bottom dollar, and the the, the, the bottom is in the dollar. I think the dollar is going to go stronger despite the interest rate cuts. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. um, I I do think that it'll either be down only 2% or down 15% by the end of the day because I, it, it's just all over the place. And I, yeah. I, it's, it's hard to forecast because it always starts weaker, picks up, and then you, you find in the last hour of trade, that's the dangerous one. That's when everybody either balances their books. Uh, so we, we'll only know our time, I'm talking Johannesburg time, mm. between 9 and 10 
is, is, is where you decide whether most of the movements have taken place. If you looked on Friday when we had the 9 or 10% move, uh, after President Trump uh, came out with his policy decisions yeah. on addressing the virus, the, the market went up 9 or 10%. I mean, it was up 7 8% in the last hour. So I don't know where we go to from here. I, I, you know, it's, it's a puzzlement what this is. Lindsay, rates are zero. Overnight, they reduced rates to zero. I mean, 100%, one full percentage point down, and the market's just ignoring and saying that's not the issue. You know, that's that. I don't know. Normally we would speak about football now, but there's no football. Yeah. Um, I do believe that there's going to be no I, Euro 2020. I don't believe that they're going to finish the English Premier League season or La Liga or Serie A or anything else. I don't think the Olympics can go ahead despite the yeah. uh, the pronouncements from uh, Shinzo Abe. How can it go ahead? How can the Olympics go nah, ahead? Nah. Of course it's nah, not unless, going to. Unless, unless it's uh, only athletes come, you know. <laughs> Unless they only send athletes and they don't allow anybody in. But you know what? Sponsorships, the amount, $20 billion, I think it costs to build the stadium. I don't know the exact amounts. You know, all the interest, all the commercial interest around something like that. The the Nike and Under Armour and all of those who promote uh, their sponsored athletes. I mean, that's sad. I, you know what the saddest is? And I'm not a Liverpool fan. I really am not. And, you know, we're making, we've been making a lot of fun about the fact that they might not win the league. And, uh, you know, just poking, poking our, our fingers at these poor – but I don't want that to happen. Do you know what I mean? They deserve it, and I want to see that season played out. I don't want, it, I don't want a half a season. I don't want them to be given – say they deserved it, therefore they win the league because – They'll never believe that they actually won it unless they complete the season. The season will be completed. It's just a question of mm. whenever it is. You can't mm. start a new season when the old season hasn't finished. No, it's, it's, right. it's simple. They must say to themselves, yeah. right, you're professional athletes. You're going to have to pay, uh, play a game on a Saturday, a Tuesday, uh, a Friday, yeah. another Tuesday, and just get it over with. That's what they have exactly. to do. I mean, get fit yeah. while you're while you're sitting at home doing nothing, twiddling mm. your thumbs with all your money. You're still getting paid. Mm. Get fit, and you're going to have to do this. I would be brutal with them because they're they're too cosseted. They're they're sort of uh, yeah. they're, they're wrapped in cotton wool. These kids get on with yeah. it and play football yeah. for goodness sake. We yeah. we're relying on I you mean. for our entertainment. David Shapiro yeah. is there. He's waiting for you to come onto the television so he can throw a beer tin at the television and kick, mm. kick the cat. Exactly. Exactly. I want that to happen. Me too. And I want them to. And it's also, you know, you, we always think of the company, I mean, the teams that are going to be relegated. You can't end the season now. It's not fair on those with eight or nine games to go. Anything could happen. You know, not, I think Liverpool secure, but it's the top four places, all of those other issues that need to be fought for. So uh, I just hope that this, that they do find time to play. You know what? I don't even mind if they play it behind closed doors. I don't mind. You know what I mean? Mm. It's horrible. I watched their Man United game, but but still play it. You know what I mean? So that the chaps at Liverpool and the other teams feel okay. This was deserving. You know, this is where we this is where we ended. The season was complete. Do you remember when Arsenal revamped the the north end of the yeah. stadium, the old mm. Highbury, all they, long ago? Yeah, and they put up a false sort of facade with lots of yeah, uh, supporters oh, there. Why can't they do that and just play a little yeah. bit of crowd music? So, you know, I don't know. Crowd I, chanting. I agree. Do I that. Do. You can pipe. 
I, I, you can pop in the sounds. Exactly. Oh, oh. The only good thing about the football, <laughs> the football being cancelled, is that I know for an absolute fact that Ipswich will not lose on Saturday. <laughs> That's because they're not playing. David Shapiro, thank you very much for your time. As always, David Shapiro is the deputy chairman of Sassum Securities, working from home very soon, going mad even sooner. <laughs> and that was Shapiro World. The views and opinions expressed in these podcasts are those of Lindsay Williams and various contributors and do not reflect the policy, position or opinion of any other agency, organisation, employer or company associated with strictlybusinesspodcast.com. Assumptions made on the analyses are not reflective of the position of any other entity other than the speaker or the author. And since we are critically thinking human beings, these views are always subject to change, revision and rethinking at any time. Please do not hold us to them in perpetuity.